This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. For months, we've been hearing horror stories from Australia's rental market of landlords jacking up prices by hundreds of dollars and lines stretching around the block at open inspections. We are in a rental crisis and the experts say it could get a lot worse. This week on Squiz Shortcuts, we'll take you through Australia's housing market, how we got into this current rental mess, and whether anybody has a plan to get out of it. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, I am 28. I'm currently renting, and I have been renting for longer than I care to think about. <laughs> and I, d- I don't like it. I think it's crap. <laughs> Um, I don't really like paying off someone else's mortgage and I've had some pretty bad landlords in the past. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Claire, I have noticed in the last year or so, the rents have been going up and the houses aren't getting any better. <laughs> I've been a homeowner for a while uh, with assistance from the bank, of course, uh, since I was 28. So, look, I remember that I was very glad to get out of renting and living in something I could call my own. You got out. That's good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> okay. We are going to lay the groundwork. We know that renting is something that millions of Aussies do. But how many Aussies in Australia actually rent? Yeah. So, let's just get acquainted with the data and I'll throw you the first curveball. Whenever I hear the boffins talking about housing statistics, they don't usually refer to the number of people renting. Uh, Instead, we're going to be talking about households, which to be super clear is the Mm. industry's way of talking about a group of people living together uh, and keep that distinction in your mind uh, between people and households uh, because it's going to become important as we keep talking about it. Right. So, in our last census in 2021, that's where we've got the most recent data from, we had around 9.8 million households in Australia. That's for our 25 million strong population. Yeah, and roughly two-thirds of those were owner-occupied dwellings uh, and just under a third, 30.6%, were households that are renting. Uh, By the numbers, that's 2.9 million households. And we know that the proportion of renters in Australia has steadily increased over the last couple of decades. Back in the 1996 census, around 27% of households were renters. That's increased now to 30.6%. So more Aussies are renting. And there's a particular feature of the Aussie rental market that we should note. Yeah, it's important context to understand that most often the 30-something percent of Australians who are renting are going to be renting from a private landlord. Uh, That's not always the case, but when you look at other countries... It just so happens that in Australia, almost all renters, about 85%, are renting their home from a private landlord, which usually means a person who has an investment property. Uh, Again, these statistics are from the Bureau of Stats. And just to give some comparison, in other countries, particularly European countries, that percentage of private landlords is lower and renters are more likely to be renting from an institution or from state bodies. 
Okay, so we know that lots of Australians, just under a third, are renting, and we know that most of them are renting from private landlords. Now, Claire, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about (laughs) how much rent actually is, and I get to compare if I'm paying more than average or less than average. (laughs) Yeah, and do you want to do that fun thing where you peek across another person's finances? I love doing this, yep. (laughs) Um, Keep in mind that they're the average figures across all of Australia, and I'm going to give you two figures. In September 2020, according to SQM research, uh, the average weekly rent across houses and across units was $417. That's per week. Uh, Two years later, in September 2022, the average weekly rent in Australia was $527. $417 to $527 in two years. That's that's a big jump, 110 bucks a week. Yeah, it really is. And if you want to whip out your Casio calculator, uh, that's a percentage increase of around 26% in rental prices over that two-year period, which, if you haven't noticed, is much greater than inflation. Uh, keep in mind that, that was September last year. Rents have only increased at that same crazy pace ever since then. So national rents are even higher right now. The average national rent in the last few weeks, according to the statisticians, has been around $560 a week. Uh, so that's another 40, 50 bucks on that last half in last year. And you do not need a maths degree to realise that this kind of rapid rent inflation puts more and more households at risk of rental stress. And when we talk about rental stress, housing stress, the measure that a lot of boffins use is called the 30-40 rule. And what that means is they take the bottom 40% of income earners and say that if people in that income bracket, that bottom income bracket, are paying more than 30% of their income in housing cost that is housing stress. Yeah, and we don't have the up-to-date data on how many people are in that bottom 40% uh, actually in that housing stress situation. Uh, But we can say, according to the Bureau of Stats in 2020, anyone earning less than about $1,400 a week is in that bottom 40%. Um, Just to do a quick bit of maths, 30%, Fourteen hundred dollars is four hundred and twenty-two dollars. So anyone in that bottom forty percent paying more than four hundred and twenty-two bucks a week would be in that housing stress situation. So it's likely there are a lot of Aussies experiencing housing stress. Next, we're going to get into all the reasons behind that recent huge rent hike. So, Claire, rents have spiked in the last couple of years, which just so happens to coincide with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I assume that COVID has at least something to do with this crazy rental market. But why don't you take us through the reasons for the current rental crunch? Yeah, you're right. The current rental crisis really does have a lot to do with COVID. Um, Do you remember at the start of the lockdowns in 2020, Mm. a lot of people decided that they needed more space. They wanted to get out of the cities. Uh, There was a bit of a mini migration of people into those regional locations. And during that period, the average national rent fell a little bit uh, due to rent being cheaper outside of the cities uh, and lower demand for rent in expensive rental markets of Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane, for example. I'm very happy for those people and their nice tree change. 
but obviously, Claire, something changed by 2021 because that's when we start to see rents jacking up again. Yeah, exactly. And there's a couple of reasons in there. Uh, The first reason is actually a little bit counterintuitive. Uh, There's that distinction between people and households to keep in mind. Right. A household is just a collection of people. Yeah, exactly. So during COVID, uh, following 2020, a lot of households broke up or broke into smaller components. People moved out of big share houses, for example, or they moved in with their partners. And there was that census data from 2021, which shows a huge leap in the growth of single person households. Um, We've seen over the last couple of years that the number of people in an average household has declined to historic lows. Uh, For the first time, the average number of people living together has dropped below 2.5. And if you have fewer people living together, then you're going to need more houses. So that is one big reason for rising rents, but there are a couple of reasons. Yeah, so we've only just got started, Alex. One thing that's come up quite a bit in recent months is the return of overseas migration. It dropped off steeply during the first year of the COVID pandemic, and now we're seeing those numbers trend upwards again. And while Australia could obviously house our international workers before the pandemic, their return is at least some of the part of the reason in the increasing demand for rental properties, uh, particular in our bigger cities of Melbourne and Sydney. Right. I'm glad that you use the word demand there because we should remember that rental housing is it's just a market. And to put it crudely, you've got people who want shelter and people who have houses. And so you've got a market for people swapping those houses for money. You have demand on one side, but on the other side of that market is supply. Yeah, and this is where things get really, really tricky. Uh, At the same time that demand is increasing, housing supply is facing its own historical problems that mean that we can't just keep up with the demand for rental properties. In other words, we can't build enough new properties. This sounds bad, Claire. Do you want to run us through the supply side issues? (laughs) Yeah, look, it's something that if anyone's had to try and get something done to their home will know. There's just not enough tradies. Uh, The construction workforce isn't big enough to support all the dwellings that need to be built. And we can't forget that when we cut off migration because of COVID, we also cut off people who take a lot of those construction jobs. Okay, so that's one thing, not enough construction workers. Yeah, and another thing is that it's become way more difficult to get your hands on the raw materials that you need to actually build a home or an apartment block. Uh, Some of that's due to the war in Ukraine, uh, which is where a lot of the world's timber comes from, funnily enough. Uh, Ports have been congested in China. Uh, All of the other countries in the world are also trying to get their hands on the same supplies that we want, and the United States has a lot more buying power than Australia. Uh, We're talking about things like steel beams, plasterboard, timber studs, a whole bunch of stuff. Claire, are you telling me that the cost of insulation has gone through the roof? (laughs) That's very droll. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we don't have enough builders and even if we did have those builders, they wouldn't have enough materials to build the houses. So we've got growing demand on one side and slow supply on the other side. Now, this means something for the vacancy rate of Australian rental properties. 
Yeah, the demand for more rental properties and the lack of new dwellings coming onto the market has meant that the number of empty rental properties has fallen by about 1% nationally. Uh, You're always going to get some vacancy levels in the rental market. Uh, Old tenants leave, new ones come in, for example, but the rate of vacant rental properties has never been so consistently low. And that demand for properties is why we're seeing current rent prices skyrocketing. But what about the supply side numbers, Claire? I'm sure we've got some stats on how those supply issues are also affecting how many properties we have against how many properties we need. Yeah, there's a report out from the government's main housing body that expects over the next five years, unless something changes, we're going to have a gap between the number of new dwellings that we need and the number built of about 106,300. That's 100,000 apartments or houses that we don't have for people who need them. Okay, so these increasing rent prices right now are actually just the beginning of what seems like is going to be a big ongoing problem in Australia for at least the next few years. So let's turn now to what government is actually planning to do about it. Right, we've heard about sharply rising rents due to an influx of people wanting to rent and not enough places for all of them. Housing is complicated and people have plenty of different ideas about how to fix it. But it seems to me, Claire, that the thing Australia needs to get out of this rental crisis is just more houses, more homes. Yep, so simple, right? Right. Uh, Also so very complex. And yes, we need to build more places for people to live. And the Albanese government does actually have a set of policies that will do exactly that. They involve, though, the private market. Um, They call it the National Housing Accord and they describe it as a landmark agreement. And at the heart of the policy is to encourage private investors, particularly superannuation funds, uh, to start investing in building housing. And this policy proposal, it connects with something we mentioned right at the start of the episode. So, do you remember how Australia has mostly private landlords, while in Europe you'll see more people renting from institutions? The government wants to encourage superannuation funds and other investors to become those institutional investors and build houses that are rented out affordably. Yeah, exactly. In one way, the government wants to encourage these super funds to build affordable housing is by promising to stump up the difference between normal market rents and more affordable rents that the super funds would be charging their tenants. Uh, That's not the only idea that's floating around, though. The Property Council of Australia, uh, which is the voice of the property industry, wants the Albanese government to throw some money behind what's called build to rent developments. Right. These build to rent developments, just another way of talking about institutional investors getting involved in the property market and how it would work is that a property developer would build an apartment block and then rather than selling the individual apartments to people, that developer would hold on to them and offer them for rent. Yeah, and what the government has already said is that they support these build-to-rent schemes uh, and now the Property Council are pushing uh, the Albanese government for some tax concessions to encourage investment in those properties. They reckon that would provide uh, more money in that space, which could create tens to hundreds of thousands of new apartments. 
Okay, so that seems like a major part of this Albanese plan, basically to encourage people with money to throw some of that cash into building and renting out accommodation. Is there more to the plan? Let's look at the rest of the Albanese plan. Yeah, so there's a big caveat on this because there's lots of different bits and pieces to it. So we'll look at one other big part, and that has to do with where all of the new properties actually need to go uh, to do anything good. So, of course, the greatest demand for housing is in the cities and particularly in areas that are close to work. But any new buildings have to be approved by local councils and local residents, particularly in inner city areas. They don't really love it when a big apartment complex is proposed in their neighbourhoods. So the federal government has recognised that this is a sticking point and one thing that it wants to do is work with state governments and local councils to get more housing developments approved. Right, and this part of the plan gets into the weeds of zoning and planning and land release and we're not going to get into those weeds here because we're almost at the end of the episode. <laughs> Which does leave the big question, Claire, of whether this plan is going to work. Look, it's a good question because it is a very complex topic uh, and also progress happens at a pace of years, not weeks and months, uh, which is probably not what people who are trying to find a rental property at the moment really want to hear. Um, But nobody can snap their fingers and immediately build homes uh, or decrease rental demand. So for the immediate future, we're going to be seeing those crazy open inspection queues and lines around the block. Good luck out there, renters. And that is our shortcut to Australia's rental crisis. On to our recommendations. Housing is such a complex topic. So if you want to relax after that and look at some beautiful homes, then I'm going to link the YouTube channel of Alexandra Gator, who does renter-friendly makeovers apartments. And I think they're all really gorgeous, and they're also very soothing to watch. (laughs) It's always the question, isn't it, when you're renting how much you can do to make it your home? So that's a good one. Uh, If you want more figures, because we haven't thrown enough figures at you in this (laughs) episode, uh, we've been using this really great interactive chart to help us research the episode, which shows uh, rental prices increasing over time. So you can toggle between different capital cities and see it in a lot more detail, and we'll have a link to that also in the episode. Thank you for listening in. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. And in the meantime, there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to. So get on to that. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.